Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello. It is great to be with you. Today on the podcast, we want to talk about this idea of calm and what is the big attraction to being calm. There is an app called Calm, one of the top grossing apps over the past couple of years. And I have a candle that says calm and stillness. And so this idea in our world, in our society, that we need calmness. And what does calmness have to offer us? I thought it would be an interesting topic to bring to our podcast to talk about how do we achieve calm, what is calmness, and do we really need it? Oh my goodness. I can tell you I definitely need it. <laughs> I I have shared with some people recently as all of our kids have gone back to school, three out of four of them are in new schools, new environments, new experiences, and that is varying levels of, oh my goodness, so scary. And (laughs) I have found myself needing any number of techniques in order to find calm in the midst of it. Uh, But one that has kind of saved the day for me, I so happily picked up just last month. I was doing this reflection guide in a book called My Deepest Me by Janice Lundy. And she had named this thing called the Sacred Awe. Never had I heard of such a thing, but after you hear it, it makes so much sense. We've all heard of like, oh, take a deep breath or whatever. Take a calming, grounding breath, a centering breath. Uh, But in this instance, you take the breath and then on the exhale, you say, ah. And then the invitation goes on. She's like, if you need to create a forceful ah or a longer ah, a louder or a quieter ah, you can tailor this ah to your moment. And I have found this works. It's simple. It's doable. Ah, I actually start to feel calm and I have needed the calm. I think calm's appealing to all of us. Hence your point, Chris, about naming candles at the store calm or the app that you're referring to. And, you know, I think for me, one thing that contributes to a sense of calm is, is routine, rhythm, schedules. I love the flexibility and sort of fluid nature of the summer months and not having a schedule. And then also I like the transition into fall where you kind of are dictated by school schedules or things like that, where you have to get up and go to bed at certain times and there's maybe sports schedules. And I think I find that that does bring a sense of calm, kind of knowing what to expect and kind of getting into these helpful rhythms. So that's something that I think my personality type as well would lean into that as a a, a way into calm. I love what both of you guys are mentioning, except for the word sacred. Uh, (laughs) Sacred is a triggering word for me. I feel like the contemplative or anything contemplative, they always attach this word sacred to it. But anyway, I'm letting that go. I'm letting the word sacred and I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying about awe. I'm also resonating with this, like this pit in your stomach. I think we have these moments, whether it's our schedule is too busy, our emotions are too out there. We can't even identify or name all the different emotions that we're having at one time. And so, yes, I resonate rhythms, 
help us to have a sense of of calm because we know what's in front of us. We know where we're going. Also, just taking moments of stillness, quiet, calmness, whatever you want to say are very important. And I, I'm thinking recently, uh, my emotions have kind of been all over the all over the place, uh, probably because of all that is going on in my life. And if I am not in a place of calm, I tend to react rather than act. And someone said that the the opposite of contemplation isn't action, but it's reaction. And so that is something that I'm trying to achieve in my life, this place of being contemplative where I act rather than react. And so with all these emotions out there, I, I mentioned a candle and my candle is named stillness and calm. And so for me, it's been super helpful to even just take a moment to light that candle and sit and let the smell and let the let the flame just sort of quiet down all that is churning. And, you know, we talked about that pit in our stomach. I, that pit in my stomach just seems to rise. And I develop, instead of a myopic view, I develop more of a bird's eye view, like everything is okay. You know, yes, there are some unknowns out there, but I can let that go. That's important to name because, of course, in the midst of the rhythms, the schedules, there are the moments where I am not calm. And I think for me, I've been really trying to pay attention to my body and awareness. And there's the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight, flight, you know, I'm getting worked up. And the parasympathetic is for me that that calm. And so I've noticed even last night, as recent as last night, uh, something happened. I don't remember the kids did something and I began to react. And then immediately I was like, okay, nope, I want to my parasympathetic, I put my hand on my chest to kind of calm myself to say, okay, you can, you don't have to be reactionary right now. You can be into your parasympathetic nervous system. And so that's important to me too. Like, even if it's like mid sentence, mid reaction, <laughs> catching myself and then somehow placing a hand somewhere on my body physically of we can bring calm here. It doesn't have to be this reactionary moment. So I think it's important to acknowledge like that, that there are these things that we have to do to, to get to those spaces. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I feel like that awareness piece, just to even first say, Ooh, I am aware that I have a reaction. Like it's right there. It's present to me. And actually I read something recently that uh, talked a little bit about the journey of all of it. And they're like, you know, you might only be able to notice it for a long time before you can actually do something about it. And then maybe sometimes you'll be able to do something and then maybe more often, it just takes time. Uh, but it strikes me how a lot of us don't know what to do. And so uh, our, one of our kids, they have this new thing at school where th there's three 30-minute periods that are called flex time, and there's a separate app that manages it, and for some reason, it got messed up one day. And, you know, this brand new to school, all the nerves as it is, and um, as best I can understand, like, there was a, a panic attack involved, like, like full-on shaking, and the eyes are tearing up, and nobody around knew what to do. Like, all of these adults 
no idea how to help her. They're like, do you want to go to the nurse? And and I love all the nurses in the world. Our, our kids have gone to many nurses, but we have a running joke that like, if you go to the nurse, you'll probably get an ice pack. And so, you know, she's recounting this story and, you know, do you want to go to the nurse? And I was like, do you think they would have given you an ice pack? You know? <laughs> but in, in the moment she sat down, she started doing math because math is calming to her. It's like a little puzzle that she can solve. Uh, and then she had a very good friend who was very skilled for her. Like, let's take some deep breaths. Let's get you some chocolate, which <laughs> I found, like, I'm pretty sure that child spent their, like, fun money on my child to make them calm. But there was this kind of, my child knew what to do. Her, my child's friend knew what to do. The grown-ups did not know what to do. It was just too scary to experience this person that was in distress. And so there is this kind of, can we become competent a little bit in, in calm and how to engage calm? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's also a good noticing about some adults don't have what it takes to help with calmness. Our middle child yesterday put her jacket on and got stung by uh, a wasp. And she went to the nurse's office and they gave her an ice pack. Probably needed some Benadryl, but yes, got an ice pack. But one of the things that I think my my middle child has done is washing her hands and running water over the sting on her wrist. And it reminded me, I have a friend who would do the loving kindness meditation as much as needed within a day. And they would do it by whenever they would wash their hands. And sometimes they would even just go wash their hands. And that act of washing their hands and saying, May you be happy. May you be healthy. Whatever, whatever tools that we need to, you know, washing our hands is something that we all should do probably about 20 times a day. Where can you engage some of these practices where you can achieve this, uh, this calmness, this stillness that you need? Yeah, both of these stories are beautiful. And I think something else that comes to mind for me is that oftentimes, you know, if we're not calm, then there's uncomfortable emotions that we're feeling, right? Whether it's stressful or anger or confusion or whatever it is. And I think sometimes too, yes, there's practices, but sometimes maybe there's a conversation that needs to be had to bring a sense of calm. Like maybe I had an interaction with someone and I'm unclear about that. And so it's causing me a little bit of discomfort or anxiety or confusion. And so having that difficult conversation, or maybe I had a conversation, but I need to go back because there was a couple pieces that aren't quite bringing that calm to me. And so I think that there's these personal practices that we're mentioning. I love the the chocolate and the friend kind of helping to co-regulate um, your child. And then also, I think sometimes just taking the initiative of, I actually need to kind of get this out and have a conversation about this in order to turn that corner. And that's also very valid and needed at times as well. Yeah, I like that. I think also, you know, whenever, whenever we're invited into things, sometimes there may be challenging emotions or they may be challenging obstacles or there may be challenges as we're invited into like a new endeavor. And sometimes it seems open and, you know, this openness shouldn't be inviting, you know, challenging emotions. But uh, I think, you know, we were having a conversation the other day, Christina Roberts, that, you know, there's this new possibility. And with this new possibility, there was a, a bit of uncomfortableness and embracing the uncomfortableness. And that uncomfortableness meant having some 
difficult conversations with some indi- individuals that probably didn't want this new thing to happen. You know, there was there's a bit of hesitancy on their part. And so I think whenever we experience openness, sometimes it can feel like, oh, this this should be great. Uh, why am I not calm? And I think we're not calm because there are these, you know, these external forces at work that that we need to have conversations or we need to to have interactions with before we can achieve that level of calmness. So yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up. I agree. The interpersonal is definitely part of the calming experience. And even as you're talking, I'm realizing another strange one. Recently, I showed up to an appointment and they were like, oh, no, it's tomorrow. And I was like, no, it's not. And I was like, someone changed this appointment and didn't say anything. And they're like, we would never do that. And I was like, you've done that before. (laughs) I was angry. You know, it's hard to manage six schedules. And I... I realized like I need to get out energy. Like I am so angry. The only thing that's going to get me to calm is to like utilize my body in a forceful way in order to release some of this cuz I am legitimately angry and I can't like this poor man standing here is not the place that I can unleash that. Like he's just the receptionist and um so yeah, it's funny. You wouldn't think, right? We're talking about the awe, and I won't use the word sacred because I don't want to trigger Chris, uh, but there's the awe, or there's the cup of tea, or the shower, but sometimes it's like, I need to physically get it out of my body, and so that one comes to mind too. And that's important to acknowledge because I do think, or at least for me, when the word calm comes up, you do picture sitting by a serene lake, or I don't know, like meditating or something. But I do think sometimes, you know, that happened to me, Christine, a couple of weeks ago, where there was a mistake on the schedule, and I was pretty sure it was on their end and not mine. And I started to walk away, and it's like, no, I I made the trip out here, I rearranged my schedule, and so I had to advocate for myself. And sure enough, they had made a mistake and they squeezed me in. And so sometimes there's that. To get to the calm, there's a different kind of energy of exerting yourself and taking up the space and that that can lead to calm. So it's not always the the passive. Some of that is more of the sort of chill, passive yin kind of stuff, but some of it's a little bit more like taking up the space yang energy, if you will. I love that. I think that is very helpful. I think advocating for ourselves is something that we need to do, but also having a graciousness. I think some of the things that have been brought up, you know, our world is not quite back to normal. We're still suffering from the losses in the workforce. You know, if anybody's gone out to eat anytime recently, they have noticed that, oh, wow, they're really short staffed. It takes a little bit longer for my food to get here. These expectations that I once had, I'm going to have to negotiate within myself. If anybody's ever tried to get a therapy appointment... (laughs) (laughs) they're booked they're booked solid there are these these ways in which we can engage that i i hope our listeners will find very helpful yeah i think that's that i think that's great that you're naming that because even with that you know advocating for myself in that particular situation and then i was so grateful that they and i i mean i wasn't a jerk about it but it was like "Mm, could you check that and, and, you know, it was going to be another 45 minutes before they could get me in. And so I was like, that's okay. I'm grateful to do that. And I, you know, went and did something and was able to kind of hold that 
release brought the calm to me so that I could go into the appointment very grateful and they were apologizing and it was a, a lovely exchange. And so I think I, I like you saying that, that we do maybe have to manage our expectations around that and negotiate our expectations. I think that's a great way to put it to get to that place of calm and gratitude or, or whatever emotion might follow that calmness. So thank you for saying that. Well, thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure to be with you today. Now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. What are we into this week, today, etc. Well, speaking of calm, it is once again the soccer season, which I don't think has anything to do with calm for our kids. But I love going out on Sunday afternoon, bringing the lawn chair, setting it down on the side, and just watching the kids play. There's, it's not high stakes. They don't even keep score because they're still so young. The kids are hysterical, so we get lots of laughs. Oh, my gosh. It is the highlight. I love it. Very fun. Um, well, I am into Fork Over Knives, and I think I actually heard about this first from you, Christina Kaiser, but it's this lovely website with all different sort of vegetarian, vegan recipes, and it's so fun because it's just stretching my imagination around, and I mean, I am still a meat eater, but just different ways that I can incorporate grains and vegetables and baking and cooking, and so it's been a really fun website to engage with. So I am into Fork Over Knives. I have been engaging with that as well, since I have to eat the same food that you eat in our house. Uh, and normally I would be grudging a little bit, but this is a journey that I've been on with you. But that isn't what I'm into. Speaking of calm, I have been into kombucha. And there is a local kombucha here in Madison called Rude Brew. It's uh, made not too far from our house. And it has lots of probiotic in it that really helps my digestive system. It calms my digestive system and, and helps me out uh, with these probiotics. So I have been into Rude Brew Kombucha. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure as always. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.